Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, girlies. Hello, girlies. Back on the same time zone. Same time zone, festive Almost. mood. I have a great ASMR noise to get us excited. You know, make sure I get all the special effects. I need to do this quickly now. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, you could have prepped. I know. I wanted to get the ice but- bucket sound to make it extra special. You're probably going to literally lose an eye while you do this. Imagine if you watched me lose an eye. Okay, three, two, one. Oh, it's a tight one. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Oh, I wish I was drinking that with you. I know. I'm so sad. So I'm on this, like, beautiful, wonderful, bougie work trip, and I just came back to my hotel room, and there was a bottle of champagne and two glasses, meaning a bottle to be shared with a friend, a.k.a. Izzy. But Izzy's in Barcelona. Which is much more chic than my situation. I'm in Barcelona, um, which is fun and obviously (laughs) nice. But basically it's because I'm here because my stupid visa is running out. Um, And so I need to... I needed to leave the country and come back in. So I'm tagging along on my boyfriend's work trip on a whim. Um, and we're staying at this hotel, this, just one of those very kind of run of the mill, like um, uh, <laughs> corporate Hilton mm-hmm. hotels. And just then I went down to the lobby because I was trying to order a drink um, off room service, off the room service app. And it was saying you couldn't order alcohol until 6 p.m. I was like, 
Stop trying to call me an alcoholic. That's crazy. That's literally insane. That feels very un-European as well. I know. So then I went down to the lobby in my track pants and bought this 25 euro bottle of rosé that I already Googled earlier and it's five pounds at Tesco. Oh my God. I was going to say, is it like flying solo? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking flying solo. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Okay. Visa stuff. I mean, work and not, pl- yeah, that's like pleasure and not work, work and not pleasure is visa things. But what is exciting Surprise! Surprisingly, um, about this is I get to see tonight Megan the Stallion, That's and so tomorrow f- night Dua Lipa and Charlie XCX on the same night. Can you believe? That's so special. Why is that happening? All three. <laughs> Primavera's on. Yeah, because prim- oh, Primavera. So Primavera. Yeah, which I went to in two thousand nineteen. Mm. That festival which i think is actually weirdly the last one they had because in covid it's two weekends so the first weekend is usually i think kind of the more busy one and then in between the weekends so the festival lasts like 10 days in between the weekends they have other things going on every night so tonight isn't even a festival night but megan the stallion's just playing and we get to go that's so and we've got vip tickets so i'll be really close to her while she sings wap you can be like cara delavine you should recreate some of the famous shots (laughs) Oh my god, yes. And then um tomorrow Charlie XX plays and Dua. So I can't believe it's not all Dua bad, again. And I'm also seeing her at a festival, which I think will be so fun. And then yesterday my boyfriend said, which I don't believe him at all, when he was saying it, I was like rolling my eyes and I was like, this is not gonna happen. But he said that there was like a chance of us getting side of stage. That will I reckon it will happen. You seem to be quite blessed with these things. Yeah, I, but I was like, that won't happen, that won't happen. He was like, I was literally just side of stage on the same stage. And I was like, yeah, but it's Dua Lipa. There's going to be a billion people trying to do that. It's not going to happen, rah, rah, rah. And then we made a bet and I found these cute sunglasses I wanted the other day. So I made him bet me that if we don't get side of stage, I get the sunglasses. And if we do, I get Dua Lipa and I have to pay him £200. I was going to say, you, and then you just buy yourself sunglasses. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a win-win <laughs> situation you've concocted. But imagine if you see, yeah, there's like a viral TikTok and it's not Cara Delevingne. It's like a girl getting torn off the stage at Primavera trying to accost Dua Lipa while she sings. Like when she does the ringer, ringer, ringer. Yeah, you're trying to join the ringer, Rosie. You try to kill the lobster. She fell. Did you see that on TikTok? I saw that. I, it's a it's a hazard. It's a risk. <laughs> that's so that's so funny in Jada doing the ring of Rosie and slipping. I know, and she tore up her leg really bad. Mm. She needs to stop that dance now for her safety and for her <laughs> <laughs> reputation and self image. I know. <laughs> I will never forget the big red lobster coming onto the stage i need to find photos of that i feel like i imagined that that when we went to that concert was so like i don't know i feel like we were both just in between 80 time zones and it was like a fever dream that was the start of it all for me yeah it was yeah i loved it i have a very exciting recommendation for you hit me so i just yesterday flew back to the uk from australia and i had like a 20 hour flight and i slept honestly i think for 18 hours of it (laughs) but in the two hours i didn't sleep i saw just before i boarded a little recommendation from spotify called the teacher's trial 
and longtime <gasps> listeners will know oh my what God. this clever little name is referring to. <laughs> <laughs> is it Hidley? Yes. Yeah, so it's no. So there's a plot twist. So it's the teacher's pet, aka aka our fave true crime pod ever. With Headley Thomas, who I was so starstruck again thinking about how he emailed us and how we just dropped the ball. But now I know yeah. why he didn't get back to us because he's been very busy because the Chris Dawson, who is accused of killing his beautiful, lovely wife, Lynette, in the 80s, his trial is finally happening. And part of the reason it took so long is because his lawyers have fought like tooth and nail in the courts to get the case thrown out because they basically said that Headley did irresponsible journalism and Stop. Um, that has created an Australia-wide witch hunt for Chris and he'll never get a fair trial and used all this circumstantial evidence and that jurors will never be fair. So there's been all of these things in the courts and Headley's basically been banned from listening to and reporting on the case because he's going to be called as a witness. Oh, my God. It's so red hot. So he, like, kind of pipes up with little insights now and again, but it's done by other journalists, the teacher's trial. But luckily, Chris is still – the case is still happening, but it's now judge only, so there's no jury. Yeah, I think I knew that. In his defense, it does make sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that does make sense. Like, I would be, like, guilty on day one. Yeah. I thought that that was what – we're going to talk about this later, but I thought that was what – happened or was happening in the Johnny Depp trial. I thought they were just like, there's no way the jurors can be fair because of the media spectacle. But no, still jurors. But no, they don't care. And I'm like, why can't we get the fucking Chris Dawson trial live streamed? Like, why do we have to get Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? (laughs) I know. I'd far rather watch this. Same. I want to see his fucking creepy twin brother squirm. Yes. And I was remembering how they said in one episode that him and his creepy twin brother would have threesomes with people. And I'm like, they're so weird. Yeah, and also how they um, would pretend to be the other person. Oh, yeah, yeah. To, like, trick women. And then how it's kicked off. It was, it was so crazy because there were so many spinoffs of that podcast. And then how it kicked off that investigation into the Sydney schools and how all yes. of the teachers would groom all the students. And um, it's so crazy. But, yeah, I – so the podcast you were listening to, what what – are the episodes are they just talking through what's going to happen because the trial hasn't started yet no the trial's four weeks in that's what it, there's been like no coverage oh, of it so they've oh my god they've covered each week as it's happened and done like a wrap-up thing so there's four episodes so far i was so shocked because <sighs> i had oh. no idea it hasn't really apparently there's been this big thing which i love about australia to keep the trial very much out of the media. They've really limited how many journalists can go. They've kind of warned media outlets that if they hyper-sensationalize it too much, it could see him get off. So there's been this thing where it's not really – when I was in Australia, I didn't really see it covered much. But the Australian Mm -hmm. got permission to have reporters there. And they've kind of – part of the reason for that is they're kind of defending themselves against some of the claims about the teacher's pet that have been – brought up in the trial. The claims about it seem pretty desperate to me. They're basically trying to say that a lot of the women that have come out since the podcast aired and gone to the police to give extra evidence that wasn't in the podcast about Lynette being a domestic violence victim and Chris being gross and weird and violent. They're trying to say that (laughs) those they're doing it for fame, like to be famous. I was like, what, these like 73-year-old random former childcare workers think they're going to 
my god get famous they always say that about um people who come forward for me too things they're always like like with the harvey weinstein people they're like these women just want fame it's like name one of one of the women (laughs) literally yeah exactly i can't name one (laughs) apart from gwyneth paltrow No, but, like, the other three women that actually went to trial, they're just randos. I know. It's so terrible. No, when I was in Australia, I heard on the radio, we were in this little media van, and I was with American journalists. It was just me and three American journalists, one from Vanity Fair, one from Fashionista, one from Nylon, and they said something about the Chris Dawson trial starting, and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And they were just like, what? Is that how famous it is in America? No, they didn't know, uh, but I was, like, losing it, and they were just like, um, okay. <laughs> this is our this is our Johnny Depp Amber yeah. Heard, literally. Yes. So, Chris, yeah, I mean, the evidence all sounds really bad, obviously, but we know that anyway. I can't really see their only argument is – their argument in his defense is that the police dropped the ball – and didn't investigate her disappearance after he reported her missing. And therefore, the police negligence means that you can't rule out that she actually just did disappear because the police fucked up, like, finding her or following other loose ends. So it looks like it's him retroactively, but it's the police's fault for not doing due diligence at the time, is their argument. Mm. Which just feels yeah, I mean, a bit. It is a pretty. It's it's like an okay argument, I guess, because it is insane that the police didn't. Yeah, it's an okay argument, but there's also they're like two days before she disappeared, he forced her to sign over like her life insurance, whatever it was. They've it's so sus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're the media that ruined the trial. He gets off because of AWD. <laughs> As you were talking, I was like, oh, Oh my God. God. I'm like Kate Moss on the Zoom. (laughs) I'll get snatched. You fucking wish, bitch. I'll go to Charlotte Tilbury to get my makeup done before. Yeah. I'll go get plastic surgery and (laughs) put that beauty filter on high. (laughs) (laughs) I just put my hand up like I was being sworn in, but you guys can't see that. I know. I just get on and be like, he's guilty. (laughs) But yeah, iconic. Yeah, okay. Let's move on before we before Hedley's like those fucking girls. <laughs> He's like, I recognize those voices. He's like, I liked them when they called me handsome, not when they ruined my like years of work. <laughs> Put a man behind bars. <laughs> he opens the teacher's trial. He goes. My name is Hedley Thomas, and I am very passionate about making podcasts that try to solve unsolved murders of Australian women. Like, it's like a little mission statement. It's really cute. Okay, Daddy. I love him. Okay, I have some Ricks. I'm glad you had that, because I was like, otherwise I'm just going to be screaming at you, because I'm very passionate about the first one, and that is... Billie Eilish, mm. the new love of my life. Obviously, she's been around for a while and everyone knows she's cool. But when that when her documentary came out, I, I for some reason, I wanted to watch it at the time. But what put me off was everyone kind of saying that it was really sad to watch her like that. A few people were like, I was really worried about her mental health and, I was, and you know, all the stuff. And so I didn't watch it. And then I put it on over the weekend when I was having this lovely weekend at home with the cat. And it was... 
And amazingly, first off, it's an amazingly done documentary. Her parents have filmed so much over the years of her growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what having like present parents feels like, you know, mm-hmm. all the vid- video footage. I'm like, mom, I- do you have any school photos of me? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I think I threw them all out. And it, yeah, sh- obviously shows her from when she was 12 or whatever, recording her first album and working with uh, her brother. And it just documents how insane it was from, you know, releasing that song on YouTube to it going incredibly viral and how her life changed. But what's really cute about it is because it's done from the inside, it really shows the fact that she's just a normal young girl. They still live in, or they did still live in the same house she grew up in in LA. She was just kind of madly, she was 17 and she was like madly falling in love with these bad boys. And then she started dating this boy called Q, who is- Arch enemy number one on the pod now, um, even though this was years ago, <laughs> of course, a stale a stale hate um, for Q, who was her boyfriend. And he was just like, I don't know, a naughty boy. She was headlining Coachella. She was so nervous, Grace. She was like just freaking out. And then the – because, you know, with Coach- with those kind of performances, you would be so scared because you have to put on such a big show because it's not even about you just doing a – sold out stadium tour it's mm-hmm. about headlining this it's you know when Kendrick did it and it was like the most insane and Beyonce it's like mm-hmm. the most insane things you've ever seen anyway so she was freaking out and then the screens weren't working right before she went on and then she went on and she did such a good job but she forgot the lyrics to one of her new songs and she came off and she was really upset with herself and she went backstage and it's so funny seeing that juxtaposition of hundreds of thousands of people screaming your name to walking off the stage to go into a trailer with just like your mum and your dad and sit mm. on a couch. And then she was like trying to call her boyfriend who she'd given free Coachella tickets to, obviously. And he was just like, yeah, maybe I'll try to come see you. And she was like, can you just come here? Oh, my God. And I was like, imagine. You? Yeah. And then... Another funny bit that happened was there was a Katy Perry Orlando Bloom cameo before she went on stage at Coachella where Katy Perry came backstage and then she was like, this is my fiance. He loves you so much. He was, he's so excited to meet you. And Billy, we just like shook his hand and gave him a hug and then went away. And then people were like, that was Orlando Bloom. And she was like, who? And they, they were like parts of the, no, what was he in? Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings. Yeah. Legalists and Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, but they were like, Lord of the Rings, this guy, and she was Googling and bringing up Google images, and she was like, fuck off. That was him. Oh, my God. I thought that was just a random guy Katy Perry was with. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I need to see him again. <laughs> like, it just, like, lost it. She was like, he's so fucking hot. And then later, he, she, like, found him again and was like, I love you, man. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you think she was acting, or do you think she actually did know who he was? I wouldn't be surprised no, she if she didn't. No, she lost her mind. Right. Oh, that's when she, nice little So she'd know, she didn't know who he was when they gave a hug because she didn't realize Katy Perry was dating But she him. did know who he so was, you know you, right? Culturally. Yeah. Um, and the, she, she goes, I just thought it was a random guy Katy met. <laughs> and then Justin Bieber obviously is features heavily throughout because she was so in love with him when she was younger. And then it shows the meeting and then it shows all the DMs he sends her and he's so sweet. And even, like, the, what Katie was saying was really cute. Both of them were just, like, 
please let us know if you need anything. This is such an insane ride and it goes by so fast. And just remember to like enjoy every moment. And Justin messaged her and goes, I still remember when I was 15 and now I'm 25 and the time just passes so quickly. And just like remember to actually be in the moment and Hmm. do all this cute stuff. Jare. Jare, jare. Oh, that's so nice. It's also the Katy Perry cameo is quite kind of meta as well because I feel like that – Katy Perry documentary that we all weirdly saw, even though none of us remember why. I watched it, like, I'm not joking, six times. Yeah, that that famous scene of her crying, it sounds like there's some parallels with Billie Eilish. So it's a bit of a meta narrative that now Katie's with her beau that she's engaged to and has a baby with and she's happy now and she's got past that stage in her career and it's like a foreshadowing of things to come. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And then after that, I had like a Billie Eilish meltdown and tried to Google tour tickets in London and <laughs> etc. Watched her on David Letterman. I was like, I love you. I love you. Followed her on Instagram. Have you guys heard of Billie Eilish? She's a great singer. <laughs> so this was like reminiscent of when I discovered Harry Styles about a year ago. Although I don't want to have sex with Billie Eilish. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. I would actually honestly really like to watch that. Maybe this will be the thing that pushes me over the edge. Okay, and then one last Rick, which kind of leads into our first little mini topic, is Hannah. Shout out to Han. I asked her the other day if she'd watched anything good, and she recommended Love Life on BBC. I was immediately put off because it stars Anna Kendrick, who for some reason just drives me up the walls. Wait, can we talk about that quickly? Because I was on TikTok and someone was talking, I can't even remember why, this was ages ago, that about how people don't like Anna Kendrick. And I was kind of, I was like, yeah, I guess I understand that. But I feel like it's a bit of an internet thing. Is it, what does that come from, do you I think? I don't know what it is. It's, she's just one of those people, even though most of those people that other people dislike, I don't get that with. I like Anne Hathaway. Who else do people not yeah, like? Yeah, I love Anne Hathaway. Yeah, Kira Knightley I love. Um, but, and also how can you not, like anyone who doesn't like Anne Hathaway, I'm like, devil wears Prada is all you need to say. Yes. And She's yeah, done I never a lot of iconic that. things. Her Oscar speech was annoying, but it's like everyone's Oscar's speeches are annoying. But yeah, a- apparently Anna Kendrick was rude to a staff member at a staffer at like Bergdorf's like six years ago or something and the internet's never forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> She's got that kind of annoying sort of not pick me energy because it's not it's not in that vein of like I'm different to the other girls. It's more just like that annoying kind of in your face, not reading a room energy. Are we being shortest? <laughs> no. But yeah, she's got short girl energy. She's short. That's what I'm. Yeah, short. Yeah, maybe, maybe then. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to check my. I just want to check my tall privilege for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm literally like I want to be fucking shortest because I think that everyone's more mean to tall people. Do you think? And our big feet. Yes. <laughs> Tall girls are like, people treat us like giants. The other day, me and my friend Julia went to the movies and she's literally like 5'11 or something. She's like the tiniest bit taller than me. And this girl goes, wow, you are so tall. And just like, just was, and I was like, what are you, what is this sentence? And then. I'm a human being, okay? I'm more than my height. (laughs) 
Yeah. And then us with our big feet, we've got it worse. <laughs> I am more than my shoe size. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than my bunion size. <laughs> okay. So then I started watching it and it's really good and it's really funny and it's an easy watch. It's kind of, I don't know, I always feel bad when I recommend things so highly when it is one of those watches that you can kind of pull out your phone and not pay full attention to. But I also love those shows. Mm-hmm. And it made me laugh and it's quite spot on with just humor. And basically it follows Anna Kendrick uh, through all of her relationships through her early 20s. Each episode is a different relationship. Um, and I I do recommend it. Yes. So <laughs> that's, that's that. I, I don't do know what else to yes. say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lukewarm recommendation. No, I like really liked it, but I I feel bad over hyping things because it's not like the best show you'll ever see. <laughs> but it's an easy, good watch, and it's funny. Some guy said, I don't know. Her friend was really drunk. They were at karaoke, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, she's like this every night." And he was like, "So she's an alcoholic?" <laughs> and she was like, "No, I mean, maybe if we were older." <laughs> But because but, you're in your 20s, it's just, like, fine to do that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And then the show we have both started watching, which was released approximately 24 hours ago, Mm. is Dolly Alderton's Everything I Know About Love, which is a... Uh, the TV adaption of her, obviously, viral, incredibly successful, best-selling memoir, Everything I Know About Love, which I'm pretty sure, I'm going to say 83.7% of the girlies listening have read that book. Yeah, it's quite incredible. The I was reading a lot of the reviews and chatter about this show, and it really hit home what a phenomenon that book was and how kind of exceptional and rare it is for someone to write a book like that and for it to strike such a nerve with so many people. Um, so I feel like that's a good like point to start with is like how incredible what she did was, how I think it affected so many women 
like of our generation and how we think about friendship and just like it's not easy to write a book like that that every single person recommends to like 50 of their friends and everyone wants to read and is a bazillion times bestseller it's amazing yeah it was genuinely I know people say this a lot but it was genuinely a book that I picked up and did not put down till I finished it I remember where I was when I was reading it. It's it's funny because I'm trying to pick, put my finger on what it was that made it so incredible. But I just think that the way she writes, I think, so basically with the show, we've both, I've only watched episode one, you, you're in the second episode, but we didn't want to rush through and then do a huge review of the series because we know you guys wouldn't have been able to watch the whole thing yet. And we don't want to spoil anything. And it's kind of nice to do it week by week and save a thing. So I think we'll do kind of like our first take and then maybe a review at the end. Mm. But I think kind of my first takeaway of this was that I think Dolly Alderton's, mm, no, I'm like completely ruining what I was going to say because I was going to say I think her relatability is so the best way is through her written word because she's such a good writer but then also on the on the high low she's really relatable and really funny mm. but for some reason on screen it like for me doesn't translate as well and I can't think of why and then I was kind of like maybe it's because Dolly is very funny she's kind of like self-aware and then not self-aware she's She's all of these things that make us love her as a human, but on screen, she's also she is also at the same time very. <laughs> it's funny how much you think you know this person, but you've mm. we've obviously listened to like hours of her and read her memoirs and things. But then on, she's also very romantic as a person, very earnest, very sincere, and I think the show like so much when I was watching the show, I was like, you can tell she's had so much to do with this. Mm that it feels almost too kind of earnest in a way and less funny than it should be. I don't know. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I feel the same. I was trying to, like, put my finger on exactly – to start with, like, the things I really liked about it, I I obviously love – I mean, maybe I don't love it. I was like, I love this idea of, like, celebrating this period in women's lives, but I also do feel it's been, like, such a, a central topic of, like – media narratives in the last few years that maybe it doesn't feel as exciting anymore like a bunch of young privileged girls in their 20s figuring out love and like I'm like maybe that just doesn't hit the same nerve it hit when the book came out but I like the idea of like telling women's stories and just having these like you know sweet lovable characters on screen and I think the actresses are all great actresses I love there's lots of moments of it that I love. I love how it celebrates this kind of, like you say, earnest, goofy, not cool genre, like period of life where you think that you've figured all your shit out and you're really suave and pulled together and you're actually a bit tragic. Like I think that idea is feels quite fun and, and maybe relatively new, but there does seem to be, I don't know if it's like a tonal thing. I think, like you say, so the Maggie character is meant to be the stand-in for Dolly. Um, and she does, I don't know if it's, I really like the actress. I Sorry, I think you've written this down as well, the same point. Mm. But there's something about her that feels genuinely like she is cool. Like she kind of looks like a model, like <laughs> she's like she looks yeah, she's like, too. She's too cool. Yeah, she's like this genuinely hot, 
like off duty yes. model type who looks really hot when she smokes and wears a smoky eye and just like flounces around in like a band tee. But then, but then at the same time, when I was like thinking about this, I was like, but Dolly also, it's it's because, but Dolly also is. I don't know. She, I guess she's not as cool in terms of like a model of duty type, and she's not. She's not like. <laughs> Jada Dolly, we love you, obviously. She's not, like, super, super... I mean, she's stylish in her own way. But, you know, like, as in she's not that... She wouldn't be that cool it girl type vibe. But then she is also still very self... Because I was kind of like, maybe this girl's too confident. But then Dolly is very confident and self-assured. And she does smoke. And she has got that whole 70s thing going on. And it's not like her confidence was is, never, is ever lacking. But then this girl, like, weirdly doesn't... What is it? This girl feels like a, a, a like early nineties Kate Moss or something. Like I'm just like all of this yeah, stuff yeah. doesn't come across. Like this kind of, it, it, it feels like Kate Moss hanging out with a bunch of like weird private school kind of genre girls. Where you're just yeah. like I don't. Then it feels like she's being really patronizing with the friend because you're like. I don't. There, there's just like a gap missing between, like you say, in the writing. Dolly's writing. You see this person who we all think is fucking cool and amazing and this great writer, but it's like she's morphed into that over time and that's why we love her. And when she writes about herself in her 20s, it's like this gap between wanting to be like that but not really being like that. But they've almost cast someone who is just so naturally (laughs) cool and charismatic and aloof that I'm like not getting the things that are supposed to land, I think, about her. So then when she's mean to the best friend about getting a boyfriend, I'm like – Stop being a bitch. Like, it just, I'm like, let your, yes. let your, like, less cool friend have a boyfriend. Like, it just, I think plot points aren't landing in the same way because that character's, yeah. She's like Effie Completely. from Skins. And then when, <laughs> yes, yes. And then when she met, so at the start of the show, she's on the train and she meets this guy called Street, who literally every single one of us has bust. Yes. Like, he has a guitar. <laughs> he's got a wide-brimmed hat. The whole, that was perfect. All of that was so perfect. So Even, like, them being in the train and um, in the bathroom and getting wasted, um, that was great. But even when she meets him and then she goes to his house and she's, like, she said to Birdie, her best friend, Belle Pauly, who I fucking love, I'm, you know, I'm just going to be understated because it's obviously so cool. I don't want him to think I'm not cool. And then it shows her in this huge, big yellow jacket, which is funny for a second until you see how chic she looks in it. You know, like she pulls it off so well. And then he goes, you can tell when you were younger that you you can tell you weren't cool in high school. And I'm like, can you? Yeah, that's what I I mean. I was like, I know you're this. It's like you're telling us things about this character exposition wise as if the like this character is a different person to who we're seeing. Exactly. I think that throws me a bit. Because, yeah, because she seems very cool. She seems very self-assured. She doesn't seem like the kind of person that would care that much when her friend got a boyfriend. She seems independent. But then I think maybe as we go on, we're going to see the change in that. I found it funny that they did Rush because I did it in a London club last week too. I was like, is it 2012? What's Rush? Rush is that shit you can buy from the convenience store and a little, you would have done it before. Oh, nice. and a little Yeah. Are they called Rush yeah, in New Zealand? Bottle. The and you, whipped cream canisters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And you just sniff it. So you just open the bottle and then yeah. sniff it. They're called Nangs in yeah. Australia. And um, when I went to Ben and Jerry's, there was a guy called Dylan who got in trouble because he kept stealing them because we made whipped cream at Ben and Jerry's. Wait, I don't know if it's the same thing. The silver canisters. No, this is literally like a bottle of liquid. Ah. And it's it's like a serum bottle and you open it you open it up and then just sniff this liquid and it just makes you feel really high for like 30 seconds. Ah, like it's like sniffing chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. What um, is wrong with us when we're young? Wait, I was like going to say when we were young, but you said you did it last week. I know, but we did it for nostalgic purposes as a joke. But yeah, I did do it. Yeah. But it was our friend's birthday and we went to this like hideous, we went to this, not hideous, but this really young kind of queer club in Soho and there was this house DJ playing and we were the only ones over the age of 20. And so we bought Rush as a joke to pretend we were beautiful 18 again. Rush, <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, it was funny them doing that because I found that quite spot on um, with what you used to do back then. Um, what else? I found it entertaining, but I didn't really laugh out loud. I agree. I think I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's too self conscious. If it's, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Dolly is so funny. Like like you, I listened to her speaking for five minutes and laugh like five separate times. Like she's very same. And the writing is, I like you said. I think the writing is really good. There's some chip that's missing, and I don't know if it's trying to be cooler than it needs to be or if it's trying to make the main character cooler than she needs to be or if it's <laughs> Dolly's like make her cool and cast this <laughs> cast this Kate Moss lookalike I know I'm like this it literally feels like I'm casting like I don't know like Emily Ratajkowski to play me and then be like yeah yeah and even with the casting of this girl it's like as you say she's too kind of hot and cool and sure of herself and then also dolly talks about in the book being you know really really tall just being big as in like a big human being like we just spoke about earlier justice for tall girls and that made her feel relatable because she felt awkward and like she kind of stuck out from the rest of her friends kind of it felt Bridget Jonesy, and this girl doesn't feel Bridget Jonesy. Yeah, I think she said in the bit of the book that made me laugh out loud so much. She was just like, when I was in high school, I never had a boyfriend because I looked like Hagrid. <laughs> 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 and that, like, paints such a picture where she's like, I was six foot one when, like, everyone else in my class was, like, five foot five. And it almost feels like with this show, it's like re- it's like revisionist history, like, recasting <laughs> how she thinks of herself in her 20s as being this like effervescent effortlessly hot girl where you're like no like lean into the or lean into the awkwardness lean into the that I would love to watch that so much more like someone that's like a little bit gangly and like a bit whatever and doesn't really know and is embarrassingly earnestly trying to play the cool sophisticated effortless French girl but just like doesn't really look or feel the part but is feeling herself anyway and is in her own little world that's it that's the thing I really like about it is this thing that when you're in your early 20s you are like trying to you have this movie of what your life is going to look like and you're just trying to make it happen and you kind of are not really in touch with reality because you 
see the way that you behave and what you do in this completely different light. And it's really fucking embarrassing and awkward and cringy. I will give an example, which is when I was back in Sydney um, <laughs> for this wedding. <laughs> it was a bunch of my like uni, um, my a bunch of my really good friends from uni who I haven't seen all together in a group in years and years and years. And one of the guys was like, I have this memory of you and we were like 21 and you were so drunk. We're at this bar and you wrapped all the words to 212. I mean, hopefully not all of them, um, to 212 by Azealia Banks. <laughs> and then you turned around and you were like, was that hot? Did I look really hot? <laughs> and I was yes, like, I'm going to exactly. kill myself. Like that's, that's literally <laughs> – like, in my head, I looked like this chick in the Dolly show, but I didn't. I looked like a fucking drunk, yes. weird, red wine teeth freak. Like, and that's – I'm like, I want that. I want to see that on the screen. I don't want to see a genuinely cool yes. girl on screen. I want to see – that's why I love the Belle Pally character because she's dorky and whatever. But there's also so many lines in it. I, I feel bad because it sounds like we're ragging on it and I, I – I, there's a lot about it I liked. But there's so many lines which I think are meant to be relatable, but she's so posh <laughs> that I'm like, it's not relatable. And she's like, you're wearing a Karen Millen dress. And I'm like, no one who is 24 could afford a still $600 Karen Millen dress. Like, it's just so silly. Or like aspired for a job at oh, John shit, Lewis. Oh, that much money. I had no idea. Yeah, they should have They should have definitely said that you're wearing a dress from like an MNS dress or some, something. Yeah, like, or like yeah. the John, like being obsessed with getting a job at John Lewis. Like it's like saying I want to get a job at David Jones or something. You know what I mean? I'm, it's a very specific type of of poshness that I think is probably yeah. funny to her and her friends. And then she says something about like a tombola, and I'm like, no one knows what that is. Like there's just all of these in jokes that I think aware of like some of her sense of humor is that maybe I mean part of it's the English thing, but I do think part of it's like a posh middle class yeah the thing. evening standard because i was i just googled before trying to see if there was any reviews of it yet the evening standard was like like loved it but they said will your enjoyment of the show be directly proportional to your tolerance for the main duo's implicit private school energy probably although amara and nell's storylines do provide some counterbalances as the se series goes on so obviously we haven't watched all that much so I think everyone's in the same position. The Guardian review was very negative but still gave it three stars and the comments were like, why did you give it three stars when this review is so negative? And I think it's this thing where everyone really <laughs> desperately wants to love it because they love her so much that people feel bad, like, discussing it badly. But this Guardian review said... Maggie is one of four friends sharing an unfeasibly spacious and unsqualid house, which feels like an odd choice for a series so keen to perpetuate the relatability that made the book such a hit. They are all eager to embrace everything the throbbing metropolis of London has to offer, none more so than Maggie. She parties hard and often, and as her much more nervy and earnest best friend Birdie says in a line representative of Alderton's acuity in these matters, Maggie is genuinely fun. She's, quote, someone who actually likes skinny dipping, wearing pandana bandanas and playing snooker in pubs. And I think that's such a good example, like lines like that. I don't understand what they're meant to mean. I don't understand if they're trying to say that that's actually <laughs> cool and spontaneous or if it's an in-joke that that's so lame that you would think that that's what being genuinely fun is, that we're meant to laugh at that moment. Like I don't understand what side we're on I as the audience. I thought, but now you're confusing me, but I thought that was what they genuinely thought fun was. And I was like, what the fuck? This isn't fun. I'm so confused. 
Yes. So you feel like they're maybe poking fun at that, but then I'm not 100% sure because they're making her such a protagonist. Like you can be on her side and also think the way she's behaving is a little bit tragic, but it's I don't think it's super clear. <laughs> Wearing bandanas. <laughs> she's definitely like, yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. It's it we need a show, which I think is what this is this is aiming to be as a show that kind of shows that crazy party girl and then the vulnerabilities behind it, which is what it is showing. Like basically Dolly is saying, you know, she partied and she was the life of the party and everyone finds her so fun, but inside she was really lonely. And so losing, you know, her best friend made her feel really insecure and made her lean on guys because she hadn't dealt with any of her traumas and stuff. And that's what we need to see. But I feel like we're not, I'm not getting, that's not cutting through. But yeah, I did, as you say, I did find the writing really good. So I found it really funny how, um, for example, in the first episode, how Maggie was so shocked that Nathan asked Birdie out for dinner. She was like, he asked you for dinner. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. And then she was like, That's mad. And then later when Birdie went out for dinner, she was like, I'm sorry, but I think it's psychotic he's taking her for dinner on their first date. <laughs> like <laughs> those things were really like well written and relatable. And also she's just so used to going for those bad guys that won't even text her back. Yes. And then this guy's like offered to take her out for dinner and whining and dining her and they're getting brunch the next day and she's just like, What the fuck is happening? Which is quite funny and very relatable. Cause I could yeah. not find a guy to pay for a dinner for me. <laughs> Till now, barely. I don't know. It's like you. we were saying with friends, conversation with friends, things like this tend to have like a moment. They kind of hit at the right cultural time and I feel like the book hit at the perfect cultural time and maybe there's just less of an appetite for the – maybe there was like a willingness to overlook some of the, you know, posh, privileged, white – Ness stuff when the book came out and now maybe now six seven eight years on or whatever it is six years on um maybe it, it sticks out to us more yeah I don't know I think if it was just I think I think the tone of girls the Lena Dunham character <laughs> as herself is perfect because she she just embodies all of it perfectly. I just I think I've just cast the tone is just a tiny bit off, and I think they cast a girl too hot. It would be like if Lena Dunham cast Jemima Kirk as Hannah. I feel yes, yes, yeah, and that's what feels off because you're like Lena Dunham is the perfect person. Lena Dunham's like delusions of grandeur and total lack of self awareness, and it's so funny because she plays it in this way where this character is genuinely quite tragic, but doesn't give a shit. Like, it, I don't know. I think that's maybe the problem as well. Like once you've had girls, like people keep comparing this to sex in the city. I've seen, there's been a few things saying this is Britain's answer to sex in the city. To me, it's so much more closely aligned with girls. Exactly. Yeah. And even though I know Dolly Alderson loves sex in the city. And I just think it's just very, impossibly big boots to fill like whatever criticisms you have for girls like lena dunham is a i hate to say it but she's like the woody allen of our generation in terms of like what a good writer and like social critic she is and i think it's just once we were kind of just spoiled by it (laughs) the woody allen 
<laughs> Which is just funny because she's been like accused of like molesting her sister. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she said she did, to be fair. Okay. So we are very far in, and but we obviously have to give you girlies some some hard thoughts on uh, various other things, namely more- Scholar time. Yeah, this is time for the- I feel drunk already, and I've only had two glasses of this disgusting petrol-filled rosé. You feel drunk from I love rosé. <laughs> it's called I love rosé. I was like, I do. Um <laughs> but, okay, Amber heard Johnny Depp verdict very quickly. I'm glad we actually don't have much time left in the pod because, I mean, this topic has been exhausted. We also, every time we talk about it, get, like, people in our DMs. Depressed. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. and people in our DMs. Do we? Well, yeah, we do because obviously people feel so passionately about this stupid fucking case, as you've seen, like, everywhere. We all think we're Judge people Judy. Say they're pro pro Johnny. Or people actually, to be fair, some people are just being like, this is the evidence and a lot basically saying that quite a few things Amber Heard have said haven't lined up. And I'm not saying, and I don't think we've ever said on this podcast that we don't think she might have embellished or lied a few times. I mean, like, I, I don't, I'm not saying that. I don't think she hasn't lied but I am still sticking by the fact that I think they both abused each other as in physically and emotionally. And I don't think we should be celebrating one over the other. Yeah. I think it's more been about like the cultural reaction to the trial. I think we were both very Mm. like bored by the actual details of the case. I think the only time that you and I got interested in this was because of the Every time we logged into Instagram or TikTok, there was this, like, barrage of wild pro-Johnny Depp content that we couldn't account for. No, <laughs> And, like, seriously. the way the fandom has responded to it. And the fact that I think, like, the thing that I think is very – the only thing I think is interesting about the verdict is this kind of victory lap that he's doing as if he's been fully exonerated and his name has been cleared and the surprising way to me, at least, that, like, celebrities have flocked to support him now that it's happened. I, that was quite surprising to me. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I love this piece. Basically, this piece in the cart summed it up perfectly. It's called How Did Johnny Depp Become the Good Guy? And it's basically just saying exactly as you say, this kind of insane hero worship over a man who has not denied, you know, writing fucking threatening messages in his own blood, saying he's going to fuck her dead corpse. Like, just uh, all of the videos of him emotionally abusing her. It's just insane that we're now going to be, like, celebrating him. And as my friends predicted a couple of weeks ago when we were in LA, they said... It's if he gets off, it will be this victory tour of Johnny Depp. He'll go back to getting roles. Everyone will forget because the sad part about it is, is like I know that a lot of people have kind of been following this, but for the kind of 80% of normal human beings who haven't been watching this case every single day um, or been outside with parts of the Caribbean merch, um, they're just going to, they're going to read the top line, which is that Johnny Depp won on three counts and it's just a bad state of, I don't know, it's just a bad state for us to be in when it comes to 
all of this. So he put up a statement on Instagram after, so basically the court found that on three counts that Amber Heard had actively maliciously defamed him in the Washington Post op-ed. I am not a legal scholar, but I find that verdict hard to stomach based on the evidence that I saw, but go with that. Jury system is flawed, but go with that. They also found that he had actively defamed her on one count. So she has to pay 10 million. He has to pay 2 million. She obviously doesn't have $8 million to bandy around because he's ruined her career. So she won't be able to pay that or she'll spend the rest of her life paying it off. Um, He put up a statement afterwards and it was, I mean, it wasn't like every celebrity in the world, but it was like Taika Waititi, Rita Ora, um, Bella Hadid. (laughs) Yeah, when you said that, I was like, what? I put a note now, Google Doc. (laughs) Yeah, literally Paris Hilton, Jason Marmola, who worked with Amber Heard on the Aquaman movies, liked her statement and and Johnny Depp's statements which said completely opposing <laughs> things. I just – and, like, people have – the people that commented were, like, Naomi Campbell, who I get is very good friends with Kate Moss, who obviously supports Johnny Depp. But I was just kind of surprised by – I'm surprised by the fact that celebrities of that caliber after what came out in the trial would come out and publicly support him in that way. I get an Instagram like is not, like, an endorsement of his entire – personality but I still found that very bizarre and then Amber Heard I think the problem is obviously there's a likability thing people seem to just not like Amber Heard um but there has been thankfully some more like nuanced conversation in the aftermath of the verdict and you're seeing people like Mia Farrow and Edward Norton and Selma Blair and Lena Headey of Game of Thrones if not liking Amber Heard's um active statement liking and retweeting the conversation around it and how like troubling you know the rhetoric has been um in the case and since the verdict happened but he also put on this insane like tiktok victory lap of him like winking and clapping and smiling at his supporters and it's like this swelling music against the backdrop it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy fucking yuck like are you joking he joins tiktok after this after tiktok like get off johnny Depp. he also wasn't in the u.s as i think we talked about the other week to hear the verdict because he was playing sold out shows in London and then partying at this members club down the road from us with Kate Moss the night of the verdict. It's just like, have a bit of grace. And then he went to an Indian restaurant and he spent 50,000 pounds, which was like impossible because he kept ordering expensive champagne. What restaurant? Do you know? It was in Birmingham. Oh. What? <laughs> and then I was like, do you know? Seriously, Jim Khan is a very expensive Indian. He has this, like, very, I believe, delusional, childlike, infantilized sense of himself, which is, I think, the most powerful thing Amber Heard brought up, which is that he would get drunk and high and do these highly destructive things. And then he had 18 people around him on very lucrative salaries who would just pat him and protect him and say, 
no, you didn't do anything. No, she's exaggerating. No, she's making a big deal out of nothing. And I feel like that's just continued this whole time. He's like a grown-up child that is just – for all of the things that he has said and done to come out in that trial, he should hang his head in fucking shame and say, you know, I – I believe my ex-wife highly exaggerated claims of violence and that it has had a detrimental effect on my career and therefore I am suing her, but I'm certainly not, like, proud of 95% of what's come out in the trial because I have, you know, a a young daughter who I am just embarrassed has to read these things that her father has said and the way I spoke about women four or five years ago to other male friends is – deeply and disgustingly misogynistic like there's just none of that like the fact that he thinks that he's 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 been completely like vindicated I just find bizarre and I like even people I know that are liking it like there are people I know that I'm like friends with who I think are normal who are like enthusiastically liking all of his yeah I've seen people sharing sharing things on their Instagram stories being like thank god and I'm just like I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. I, I think this is a nuanced conversation where it's like we're not saying we're – I'm not saying I'm pro Amber Heard for or pro Johnny Depp, but to be honest, out of like the entire thing, I'm now far more pro Amber Heard than Johnny Depp mm-hmm. and not because of like – not because I'm saying what she did was okay, not because I'm saying what she did was less than what he did, but because I just think this whole fucking thing is – yeah, it's just – it's just weird. And even not him addressing his alcohol or or anger issues. I don't know. It's like, it's just weird. And now he's confirmed for Beetlejuice 2, which like, does anyone need that? <laughs> <laughs> Serious question. Agree. I agree. I'm drunk. <laughs> don't DM us. I know that you guys have been nuanced with it, but. I don't want to hear any more pro-pirate stuff. No Jack Sparrow and the DMs. I wanted to fuck him as much as the rest of you. I know. We also, what's eating Gilbert Grape? I wanted to bust Johnny Depp, but we have to (laughs) move on. (laughs) Bye. Off to Patreon. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.